Hello and welcome to Dear Patriarchy Podcast. My name is Lisa. And I'm Jennifer. Welcome to the newest episode. Yay! We're sisters. We're doing it again. We are sisters. You cannot stop us, even if you wanna. Here we are, (laughs) still talking. So it's January the 15th. Which 15 is a good number for you, Jenny. Yeah. The number 15 in numerology marks the manifestation of a harmonious life and a synthesis of matter and spirit. So for us, we needed to take the powers of today to talk about all the shit that yeah. is falling down on everyone right now. Mm-hmm. Some more than others. Some, definitely some more than others, but we need to give a voice to it because it cannot go unnoticed anymore. And I don't think it is unnoticed. There's so many people cropping up saying, I feel really down. I feel really low. I feel really heavy. Why is that? And Mm -hmm. You naturally get that around the middle of January anyway. But this is like a cataclysmic weight of so many things. The pandemic, that crazy Christmas that never was if you're based in the UK, if you're based in the US, the crazy voting cycle that just happened, including what happened in Georgia, which was amazing. And then swiftly following on the heels of that, the absolute madness of the Capitol Hill riot. So there's a lot to kind of break down. Is that where we've, where we've landed on calling it a riot? I have no idea what to call it. Nobody knows what okay. to call it. It's an insurrection. Yeah. It's, you know. Sedition. Did you see uh, Randy Rainbow? Sedition. Oh, it's so, so good. good. Oh, yeah. I don't know how he does those videos so fast. He must just stay up night and day. Well, like, I mean, it's watching. probably like you with, it's probably like you with your TikToks, like you get. Sometimes I get a strike. You know, you kind of get it. Yeah, girl. It's just funny that he had just done Tradition for another song. I know, he so had he just had to do done it. it. He had And like of all again. the super random songs to do. It is so random. Like yeah. how many people have watched Fiddler on the Roof? How many people are super, well, I, you know what? Okay with hope, all the songs. I would hope everyone has watched it because you need to be required watching. For whom? Everyone. At what stage in your life? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) When are you old enough to grasp all of the like metadata that Fiddler on the Roof is throwing at you? I have to tell you, I tried to watch Top Gun the other day. Did I tell you this? Oof. I know. Why did I do that? Do you know how problematic that film is? It's so white. It shines in the fucking dark. I watched 20 minutes of it and I was horrified by the sexism. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure if you want to watch another cup of mayonnaise, you could just turn on cocktail or something. And watch his skinny booty Ugh. in panties. What is that one where he dances? Dirty Trouble? Risky. What is it? <laughs> Risky business. But there's nothing wrong with men being slim. I love that in my head it was called Dirty Trouble. <laughs> it's kind of like wonky, the, the mucus mouth dragon. That game that you got your son. Slappy Jim. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No. Oh, it's not wonky, the mucus mouth dragon? Close. That's a bit more of an esoteric name, if you can believe it. Right. Okay. So one thing we wanted to talk about before we jump into our episode mm. is we wanted to quickly talk about the idea of the angry feminist. 
Yeah, because this is a real easy conversation to have, super quick. It's, it's like not deeply nuanced. Can we just or... skim over like the messy bits and let's just talk about it? So for me, oh I got God. really, really triggered in the last couple of days thinking that maybe we'd gone too hard. Maybe we'd gone too man Haiti. Because we talked about not all men, hashtag not all men, which is, it can really veer into a space where you are saying, I don't like this thing that most men do. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, we lost a few followers <laughs> because of it, yeah, which but... was surprising because why were they following us in the first place? Like, did you not see this because coming? Of, it's probably because of my jazzy ads. I, your ads are super jazz. <laughs> but it was a it was a kind of a recalibration moment of recognizing oh, how much of our anger is acceptable, right? Well, none of it's acceptable. No, agreed. But it was funny that we got to a place where it wasn't acceptable to ourselves. Mm. So not I mean, not acceptable, but just kind of questioning it. Like, are we too angry? Are we the problem? Well, if you think about it, since episode two, we've gone hard. We did sexual harassment, then burnout, then two patriarchies, then the boys club, then clearing the air on the boys club because we got all that kind of like anger feed. Then the boardroom. Yeah. Yeah. The two boardrooms, then holiday burnout, then taking up space, then systemic racism, and then not all men. So like it's been, we've gone pretty hard every week. And I think that it was just a kind of a culmination of things. But there is the trope of the angry feminist, of the angry woman, of the angry spinster. Not that either one of us are spinsters, but we are spinster aged. Yeah. Depending on how far back in history you go. And I think that that just kind of, we kind of started to question ourselves and what we're doing here. And we haven't got a ton of support, haven't gotten a ton of vocal support from our family. We have a couple folks that are really supporting us hard. But I mean, I think that the culmination of all those things kind of started to get to us and make us question. So kind of like an imposter syndrome slash are we too angry slash internalized misogyny slash patriarchal norms. So for me, here is the thing. Are we angry without purpose? No. Our anger has a reason and it has a foundation. And it took me a couple of days to get back to it. But I'm back now and I recognize fully that the anger that I feel that you feel... That we are trying to calmly describe to people that are listening is something that is integral. It's something that is reacting to what is happening now and what has happened for a really long time to women. You are allowed to be angry. We are allowed to be angry. And if you're not angry about what's happening, then you maybe don't fully understand everything that's happening around you. It's a little bit like what we talked about last week. We briefly touched on people that get upset and say, I'm not political. Don't bring politics to my door. If you don't feel like what's happening politically in the world right now speaks to you, then you're in a very, very small protected bubble. And while that's great for you, you really need to understand what's happening to everybody else outside of that bubble. My friend Kate is a fantastic example of this. She recognized fully in a message to me the other day about how when she listens to our episodes, she doesn't fully understand the things that we're talking about because that doesn't always affect her. That spectrum is not in her zone, but she wants to know because she doesn't understand. She wants to learn. Mm. 
And that is the place where we all need to be. We don't fully understand the spectrum. We don't fully understand the feeling of it. But we need to talk about the things that we see and the things that we know are happening. So all of that to say, just from my perspective, Jenny, I don't know if you want to say anything else on this, but I just want to say one thing, which is we are allowed to get angry. We are allowed to be over the top And we are allowed to express ourselves in any way that we choose. And that is because this is our podcast about experiences that we have had and that we have seen the women that we love and the women that we cherish and the women that we see out there in the world are experiencing. Mm -hmm. So we have to speak about it. And it isn't right. So much of what is happening isn't right. And if we weren't angry about it, we would be complicit in it. So that Mm -hmm. is where our anger comes from. So if you listen and you get triggered by the anger, you get triggered by maybe we get a little bit heated. Jenny has a really fantastic track record of getting a bit heated up in the middle of the episode. Um, (laughs) Which is all lubed up. Which is amazing. Because you're speaking about the things that you know and the things that you've seen and the things that you have experienced or watched other people go through. You're Mm -hmm. putting a voice to that in this zone. Wait a second. So are you saying that I'm the angry one? (laughs) Like that this whole week has been about like you're just mad because I'm too angry? Am I fired? Are you bringing in someone else? (laughs) So from next week, there will be a very calm... Young man. You're bringing oh, in a God. new sister. No, no. Chris, you're going to bring in Chris. Oh, yeah. Chris, yeah. Chris, Chris's turn. So calm. Um, that is, this is what we are, and that is the essence of what we need to be doing. And I think the lesson that we learned is that we just need to continue, like, moving forward. We've had great response, and we're passionate about this, and we're trying to start a conversation. And the thing is, I don't want to say that we're extreme, like, we're taking it to this extreme edge, because I really feel like if I really got into the anger, it'd be way over the top, because things are shitty out there. Things are shitty in the corporate world, and that's why we have this podcast. We're not extreme. We're telling you how it is. We're citing facts and statistics that are out there, not on some fringe fucking sites. They're like from trusted sources. Right. Are we done here? I think so. So we we started out, I thought, when I logged on for our little (laughs) session, I thought we were going to be talking about the pandemic wall that people are hitting, just being tired and like overwhelmed with little miss statistics. Bitch, don't stop. Here we go. (laughs) What I have to say is it's not just the pandemic. And if people are listening to this and they're going, yeah, but what about all the stress and craziness we just went through? If you're emotionally involved in the US elections, I am, I live in the UK, I'm fucking emotionally connected to that. And I'm emotionally connected to the Capitol Hill insurrection, whatever you want to fucking call it. I'm connected to that. I'm also connected to the recent murder on the 10th of January of Patrick Warren. I don't know when the bad shit's gonna stop. So all of those things have happened, are happening. We are watching senators and representatives from the U.S. Senate and the House of Representatives speak about how white supremacy is a cancer and how racism must die in America. And yet in the streets, black men are still being killed by police officers. This is obviously a specific instance, the Colleen, Texas Police Department. And that is in reference to Patrick Warren. But what I wanted to say was it is bigger than the pandemic because there is so much more going on for all of us. Did Jenny, did you know 
that the American Psychological Association Stress in America survey found that nearly 78% of American adults found the COVID-19 pandemic to be a major source of stress in their lives. Oh, shocking. And the last time they did those statistics in early 2020, I think it was round about halfway, so maybe 50%. And when they spoke to Black Americans, it was 68%. Mm. So we know that the disproportionate toll that the pandemic has taken on Black, Indigenous, people of color, all of their lives, their communities, because of structural disparities and the corrosive psychological effect of racism that happens every day because it is systemic, it's happening, it's appearing in all of the mental health data that's coming up now. There's a lot that's bad that's happening in that sense. And when you look on social media and when you look in the news and they're saying people are like really depressed right now. And I just, shocking. Oh, I kind of don't get it. Like 36% of Americans say that coronavirus related worries is interfering with their sleep. 18% say they're easily losing their tempers. Oh my God. It is not 18. <laughs> I think you transpose those numbers. So it should be 81. And 32% said it made them overeat or undereat, like overeat, overeat or undereat. Like, I don't know who the latter is, but like the former, girl, I hear ya. It's a physical comfort blanket. I totally get it. In an article by the New York Times, they spoke to a psychologist named Daphne de Marneff. But she said, trauma is about helplessness, about being on the receiving end of forces you can't control, which is what we have now. It's like we're in an endless car ride with a drunk at the wheel and no one knows when the pain will stop. And I felt like, I don't know when this is going to stop. It just gets fucking crazier and crazier every day. No, I just got the girls' placement letters for, like, their school that they're going to be in in the fall. And I'm like, are they going to be even going to school in the fall? Are my kids going to be able to leave the house at any point soon? Hopefully. So it feels to me like emotional overload. What do you think of that when I say emotional overload to you? I mean, the, the funny thing is we've done we've done three burnout episodes and we, we've <laughs> been around as many months. Like, and every time we decide to do it, it feels so unbelievably heavy that there's no way we can't talk about it. I know. So, but this is unlike burnout from before. Yeah. What's happening. Okay. So emotional overload anyway, it's a very subjective perception. So it's a perception of how many things you can actually handle and the perception of how many things you're being asked to handle. So let's say if you think you can handle doing 15 things in a day and someone says, I actually, I need you to do 20 things, you're going to absolutely feel overloaded right away because you know immediately in your body, neck down, you're going to know that it's too much and it puts you immediately into a negative emotional space. Mm -hmm. You're going to feel overwhelmed. You might feel panic. You might feel scared. Whatever is happening, those negative emotions, they're going to be a consequence of that overload. And however it manifests in you, it's going to vary from person to person. And some people are going to tell you, you need to learn how to spot it. You need to learn how to breathe. You need to learn how to manage your emotions. Make a to-do list. You know, what they're not acknowledging is that the time that we're going through right now is totally unprecedented and people around the world are hurting. The pandemic is hurting them. It's scaring them. It's causing pain and stress. 
we look on the, it's not any different in the UK. We look on the news and it's hospitals, ventilators, body bags. You're constantly being shown that there is threat out there, right? In the same vein, you're being told it's not that bad. It's just the flu. Who tells you that? Well, that's, I mean, that's kind of the talking points out here. Well, like pe- person to person or what you're seeing on the news? Are they saying that on the news? Well, I mean, I think it depends on what news, but that's... Like, that's okay, but kind- like, let's, let's discount Fox News because that's not real. So like real news, like... Maybe not the flu thing, but there's definitely a lot of conflicting information coming out. There, okay. is, there are schools that are opening up completely just a county away when my daughter's school just got shut down completely. Mm. So, like, I think that it's hard to even know what's real and what the right thing to do is when no one's really adhering to the same guidelines. Maybe so it's different where you are. Well, because we don't have, I mean, like, Wales and Scotland are devolved nations, so they can make their own minds up about what they want to do. Interestingly, Scotland is being way more strict. <laughs> Wow. Like England is. But in general, everybody is locked down. Like nobody's trying to do anything. You know, people are still gathering here. Okay. So, um, so I'm just saying that adding to the mental load is trying to figure out what is the right thing to do since we can't rely on our governments to do it because each state has been tasked with handling it on their own and everyone's doing a different thing depending on where their allyship lies and north carolina where you are based is more of a red state yes sad to say and so you've got that plus you've got the political tensions that are happening off the back of the um presidential vote and then obviously what happened on the sixth with the georgia flipping that state and flipping the senate god i forgot that that happened in the morning Oh, because Georgia was on the 5th. We woke up to the results of Georgia. On the 6th. And then, yeah, yeah, morning of the 6th, and then things quickly went downhill. So you have that, right? And from a, like, a really basic chemical perspective, when we are in a state of fear, when we're worried, it activates our sympathetic nervous system in our bodies. So that's our fight or flight system that interacts with our endocrine and our muscular systems and gets us ready for some kind of action, potentially war, fight or flight. But now our bodies are preparing for action and we're trapped in the confines of our house. Most of us are. So our adrenaline is pumping, our muscles are tense, our digestion is irregular, our insomnia gets out of control, we get headaches, we get chronic stress, and that chronic stress is linked to lots of other things like heart disease, diabetes, increased blood pressure, and it also hinders your brain performance too. So there's just a lot going on in our Mm. bodies right now. And I think even if, like if I'm speaking to someone who's over here in the UK is like, well, I'm like, I live in the UK. I'm not really that worried about what happens in the United States, even though technically you should be because of the trade deals that could happen and all of that stuff. And what would happen to the NHS if the United States bought into that and it became privatized. But all of that aside. Wait, how could we, how could America, how could America influence the NHS? Because 
what Trump was trying to do for his entire four-year stint was to try and bring companies over from America to buy into the NHS and privatize certain sections of the NHS, uh, in quotes, to make them more efficient, but yeah. just to put them into fee-paying situations. And people were going, well, of oh, course, well, you'll there's get, money to be made. You'll get better service. You'll get, like, appointments right away. Yes, you absolutely will probably get appointments right away. But wouldn't you rather that it was, like, 100% free, in quotes, because you do pay your taxes and you pay into the system and that is that, instead of having it be the absolute nightmare of what it is in America. But because yeah. people in the UK believe the lies of what they think America is, which is this golden country that treats its people well and it's Hollywood and it's all of these really gilded versions of what America wants people to believe about itself. Our healthcare is shit. You don't yeah. want any part of this. No. I have a health issue just, just for like, you know, a little anecdote is that I have at least one umbilical hernia resulting from my childbirth and my copay with insurance, with nice, expensive insurance, fancy pants, fancy pants insurance. My copay for my hernia surgery is, would be about five to $6,000, which is the same amount I can get plastic surgery, get a full tummy tuck for where I'd have all of my hernias fixed rather than just one. Out of pocket. It costs the same. Out of yep. pocket. Which would horrify people over here if they got asked to pay thousands of pounds for things that they recognize they shouldn't have to pay that much money for because it's absolutely mm -hmm. insane. But I digress. Mm -hmm. The problem over here, the stress over here is just as visceral because we have issues with school meals. We have issues with kids who do not have enough food to eat and what was happening in that the government was supplying school meals for them over the breaks. And when they weren't in schools, they've now been found to be exceedingly lacking, i.e. they should have been 30 pounds worth of food each week. And when it was measured up by one woman who received these school meals, it was about five pounds worth of food. <gasps> yeah, it's disgusting. So... There's a lot of different stuff going on over here that the government has got its fingers in that is not treating people right. People are not being taken care of the way that they're supposed to be. And people are stressed out about making the rent and making their mortgages and not being kicked out of their homes and making sure their kids have enough food to eat. And there's been a huge amount of redundancies. And yes, the furlough scheme is ongoing, but that only really helps if you work for a company. It doesn't help you if you're self-employed. And there's is there so... anything in place to, su to support the self-employed or no? You have to have made a certain amount of money in order to be on the level of receiving assistance wow. for self-employment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's a and there is a really well-entrenched trope about not taking money, not being a welfare queen, right? Because we know that one, Jenny, mm -hmm. from the U.S., that's a really evil trope that happened in the 80s and the 90s that got spread around. When the government ends mm -hmm. up making people's lives totally untenable, you can't make enough money to support your family and you need to ask the government for help. And guess what? The government turns its back on you while at the same time telling you that you're a scab. How dare you? Yep. You know, it's a pretty bad situation. All of that to say that people that use social media find themselves even more stressed out. They find themselves even more depressed. 
even more anxious, right? Mm -hmm. And those who experience stressful life events, like anyone that's kind of living through that this time right now, but especially people from BIPOC BAMER communities who are experiencing racist episodes, who are potentially experiencing dangerous episodes, their lives are threatened, their well-being is threatened, as we've seen in the U.S., they have an even larger range of negative physical outcomes, physical illness, and mm. and poor mental health. So what are you yep. supposed to do? Well, one thing that I've seen a lot of people say to each other as they like counsel each other online is turn off your phone, don't read the news. Yeah. But like honestly, at a time like right now when things are constantly changing and things are so bizarre, it's almost more anxiety inducing to not know what's going on. A good friend of mine and I text every day and he's, and I'm always like, turn off your phone, stop reading the news. He's like, I need to know what's going on. Yeah. And like, granted, part of that's probably like, I feel like, especially with what happened on the sticks, especially with what's happening over here, like every 10 minutes, there's a new, there's something new. And when you're trying to make sense of like such an irrational, dangerous and scary time, the more information you have, the more, the better I would think, but then it's almost like a double-edged sword because the more information you have, the more your mental load grows. I completely agree. And I think this is a call to everybody just to evaluate how much they feel like they can take. So one thing that we can't say is what anybody should do to deal with this. But what I would say is We know from personal experience that when we are feeling like the load is getting a bit heavy, we know that the things that our spirit rejoices in is exercise, moving your body. So I do really small amounts of yoga every night. And when I say small amounts, I'm talking about like it's like two or three minutes that I do on both sides of my body just to keep myself open. And sometimes that's the most I can do. Other days I'll go for a walk and maybe I'll go a mile or two miles and that will be enough. I don't go running like I used to do because I don't feel like I have that in me right now. But I know that I have to find something that's going to help my spirit kind of keep moving. Because when I sit in front of my phone, when I watch too much TV, when I look at too much social media, I get really closed off. My shoulders cave in. I really come in on myself. And that's not... Okay, I'm not trying to be contrary. Yeah. But, I mean, Ahmaud Arbery was shot while he was going for a run. Even, like, the luxury of exercising is, like, coming from a privileged place. Even doing, like, sun salutations in your room? Is that too much? Didn't someone just get shot in her bed? Yeah. So what what would you suggest? I don't know. Well, I'm I'm not trying to like derail completely, but I just feel like it's kind of like the self-care thing. Like go get your nails done, like a little bit of exercise, like all these things aren't going to solve the immense weight of what is happening right now. Okay. Brianna Taylor got shot in her bed saying take a nap or go for a run is extreme privilege in the United States right now, which is absolute bullshit. And I'm not trying to minimize that in any way. And I'm also not trying to derail what you're saying, because I think for me, honestly, exercise is one of the only thing that works when I am feeling like it's all too much to bear the endorphin. I need the endorphins. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm in a situation where I've got a house full of sick kids 
and a teething baby. And I don't, I don't really sleep between one and five in the morning because of kind of the rotating cast of characters that needs assistance in the evening. So my, I, I guess we're kind of back to self-care, even though I speak poorly about it. Anyway, you really did. I did. My aim is just to be kinder to myself. Okay. I think that just in this time, if you feel the need to consume all of the data and all of the articles and all of the news, just what, you know, what Lisa said is super valid, figure out how much you can take. And if you get to that point where you aren't sleeping or you can't eat or are eating too much based on what you feel is comfortable for you. Yeah. Allowing yourself to eat is not, there's nothing wrong with allowing yourself to eat. And that's what I'm, I'm allowing myself to eat. Just be kind to yourself. Like that's my biggest advice because that's that's the only thing left for me at this point. I'm just trying to be kinder to myself. And whatever that means, it differs from day to day. And so... And it'll for sure differ from person to person. 100%. Like what are the things that you're abstaining from or like not allowing yourself to do that are within your, within the realm of possibility for you right now? I think everyone's world is very small, much smaller than it was a year ago. Um, Yeah. And so whatever you can allow yourself in that small space, allow yourself the comforts or whatever it is that you need to do to build yourself up or replenish yourself in any way you can. Yes. And leave behind the fetters of the things that you thought were important before. Like Federer? The fetters, not Federer. Just leave behind the fetters of the things that you thought were important. Like What word are you saying if you're not saying Federer? Fetters. Look it up, girl. Are you like a chimney sweep and you're saying feathers? Fetters. Look it up. Literally, like, I'm asking you to open up Google and look up A chain right or now. manacle. Okay. A chain or manacle used to restrain a prisoner typically placed around the ankles. So, bitch, leave your manacles behind. Leave your fetters behind of, like, body size, body shape, body weight. Couldn't you have just said leg cuffs? Yeah, no, you're right. Leg cuffs was imminently easier than me just saying fetters like 10 minutes ago um oh you've killed it now leave the leave your fetters behind i say put them down okay of, of, all of that expectation of what you're supposed to look like what a woman's supposed to look like right release the pressure on yourself of i made a new year's resolution and i'm supposed to do the fucking whole 30 who does that Oh, you're very quiet now. <laughs> I'm going to bite my tongue. <laughs> She's disappeared into the background. Right. So leave behind the fetters of what you think you're supposed to do because your body's supposed to be a certain way and supposed to look a certain way. Like, leave that shit behind because it's only dragging you down and pulling your attention away from the things that really are important in your life. So I think what we're saying is that times like these require a reprioritization that is based in reality and not self-torture. Yeah, which is what society wants you to do as a woman. It wants you to torture yourself. It wants you to be so skinny you can't stand up, be a shadow of yourself, and then you'll be a real woman. But you won't be strong enough to raise your voice and say, I don't agree. Someone needs to speak up for me, you know? Right. So (laughs) what, what is your advice for people 
I tried to tell you what my advice was, and you told me about Alma Darbury and Breonna I Taylor. No. No, 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 but no, it's no. true. I, I think that Anybody- we are definitely walking a tightrope of extreme privilege, and I want to make sure that we're always aware of that. I mean, I, I get just it. was crying before this episode, right, Lisa? Crying yep. before this episode because everything's so hard, and it's really not that hard for me. I have it pretty darn good. And we I'm said, I'm tired. Yeah. So, and we said you had to just leave those, <laughs> leave your white bitch tears. We didn't say that. But, you know, there needs to be... <laughs> Leave sp- your cup of mayonnaise. Karen, fucking go back home and take your tear bag. Uh, Leave I'm it so in the closet. Sick. I'm so sick of the Karen. I agree with what you said about self-care and just trying to find the joy in the situations that you're in. Because I have to go outside. I have to go and try and find nature with the little park or whatever. Nope, there's no snow. They keep promising it and it never fucking falls. So it's one of those things where you tell the kids, guess what? It's going to snow overnight. That's what it said. And then they wake up and they're like, meow, there's no snow. (laughs) So then it's like a double whammy. But what I was going to say was I just try and find a little piece of joy somehow, some way. And I just try and revolve around that for the rest of the day if it's a hard day. And there have been some really hard days and there will be more hard days to come. You've had a really terribly hard week. Is there anything that you did for yourself in the past week or two that like surprised you that felt like you were caring for yourself? Do you know what I did? I went for a really long walk out in the woods and I felt my brain like I my phone died unexpectedly. Mm. It was on like 18% and it died. And so I had about an hour's worth of a walk with no phone, with no nothing out in the forest. And it kind of rejuvenated everything because I got to think really clearly about the things I care about, what we're trying to do, TikTok ideas, Mm. (laughs) all sorts of different stuff that may seem inconsequential to other people, but to me, it really matters. And that was a really lovely moment for me. So for me, it was getting out into nature and not having a phone to pull me back into that really concrete feeling. So I, I would imagine that If I still lived in London, I live out in the country now, which is a blessing for me. I love it out here. But I remember when I lived in London and I had hard times, I would just walk to the nearest park, which even if it was tiny and it had like five Mm. trees, I would go and stand by the tree and maybe like put my hand on the tree and just kind of connect myself to a natural (laughs) energy. I know that sounds so hippy dippy, but I feel like it really does work. Standing behind a tree yeah. with a trench coat, like jumping yeah. out at people. That's me. Like, Huzzah. Huzzah. <laughs> I didn't because no. I'm so shy, but like if if I had that if the spirit moved me, I probably would have done. But like I for sure look like a proper freak, like those back like those days back then when I would just put my hand on a tree and just like I needed five minutes to have my time oh. where I wasn't connected to a phone or a computer or a TV or something. For me, that's what works. I don't know what works for other people but that is something that that natural connection that connection to nature is so important i've been letting my phone die a lot too such Um, a good idea you know you know that i am yeah Um, it's happened to me and i think that just having those little moments where you're not on your phone or not tethered to it or not even if you're not touching it just hearing it or seeing it like there's something about it and i actually used my phone last week 16 hours less than i did the week before which is horrible I know. I know. Oh, yeah. what's been happening? No, and the other morning I had 10 minutes before my husband needed to start working and I decided to, rather than like what normally I would 
kind of go down and kind of get into the fray with the kids. Instead, I, I took a shower. I took like 10 minutes for myself and took a shower. And that was wonderful. It was like yeah. this wonderful oasis. And it just was like a little bit of space that I created for myself within my own day. And how rejuvenated do you feel because of it? Because you've well, made I definitely that smell better. Yeah, so, 100%. but yeah, no, you definitely, but I think that any of those things, like I've been walking out of the house and walking down to the, walking down the driveway to the street and just kind of standing outside in the silence every once in a while. Mm. And that's been wonderful. I mean, it's kind of like going for a walk, but, but just creating tiny little moments, if, if only for a couple minutes has been really helpful to my mental health. No, I love it. I think it's great. And I think it's achievable. And I think it's a, something that you can say to anybody and say like, step outside your house, step away from your phone and your computer and the TV and Like, you don't have to be a creepy weirdo and, like, go and touch a tree like I did. You know, you can just stand on the end of your drive or stand at the edge of your road or whatever it is and just have a moment of quiet time by yourself to let yourself breathe and feel the breath going into and out of your body. That's a pretty powerful experience to let you know that you're alive and this matters you matter. Yeah. And also if you have access to mental health care, utilize it. I mean, it's a great time to use it. I know that there's a huge stigma. There's nothing wrong with you. If you have a therapist, you're not broken. If you have a therapist, it's a great time. If if you are one of the lucky ones that has that benefit available to you, I would, I would say 100% utilize that. Well, what it's we'll, the best time to do it. What we'll do is on the show notes, we will put a list of links for mental health resources in America and in the UK, any other kind of global resources we can find for mental health. Um, I think everybody needs that. Um, again, I got to say a CBD yeah. bath ball. Yes. I mean, it's legal. It's legal in the United States. I think most places. I don't know um, if it's legal over here. I'm not 100% sure. It's just a bit shady, like what's legal over here. There's percentages and all that stuff. But if you I can. CBD to be very helpful yeah. with my insomnia, my muscle pain. Yeah. Um, a whole host of things that I have issues with. And I have a bath ball that I absolutely love. Like this is not an affiliate link. We're not going to make any money from this, but I'll throw that, I'll throw that link up in the show notes as well. Because it, I mean, honestly, you have, you used one when you visited. That is amazing. Because my back always hurts. Yeah. My back always hurts. And that was incredible. It was fantastic. I don't think they're legal in the UK, but we can check it out and we'll put whatever we can in the show notes. They don't make you high. There is no, no. like there's no No. THC in it. It's just like, it's basically like putting tiger balm in your bath. So yeah, it's amazing. Do you know what Tiger Bomb is? That's not a thing over here. It would be like Deep Heat. Deep Heat is Tiger Bomb. Deep Heat? That sounds <laughs> like a terrible porn. It's like a police show, Deep Heat. Yeah. They're in the heart of Chicago fighting all the worst crimes. Deep okay. Heat. Let's, we'll post those things in the show notes. I think that will help, hopefully help some people that are listening. I know it's been a really big help for us. And all I really wanted to say was... This whole episode was based around the fact that we've been struggling and we can see that other people are struggling and we wanted to speak to that struggle and say, we're feeling it. We're not 100% sure how to deal with it ourselves, but this is how we're trying to battle through it. So we hope that you guys connect with that and maybe throw us some pointers, some hints, like some things that you've been working on that help you feel better at patriarchypod at gmail.com or on our Insta. We would love emails about 
anything that you're experiencing at work that you need support with or any like awesome things that have happened at work that you felt empowered to do or say or follow or whatever. Like if you have an awesome story of like victory over the patriarchy, like please send it. If you have any ways that you're handling stress at the moment, patriarchypod at gmail.com or any of our patriarchy pod on Facebook and Instagram, patriarchy underscore pod at Twitter. But like, please send us notes. Let us know how you're feeling, what you're feeling. And And we hope you're okay. We hope you're okay. The weight of it feels like too much to bear. And we don't want to minimize that in any way, but we want you to know that we're here for you and would love to hear your stories and would love to share your stories with, with listeners. Every every week our numbers grow. So we know that there's a community out there and we would love to help start building you guys up so you can be in contact with each other as well. Yeah. And we love you. I just... You know... Yeah, 100%. I care deeply. Anybody that sees the things that we post and listens to the podcasts that we put out and is still here for it, I love you because you're my people. Yeah, I'm a little bit commitment phobic. I care deeply for you. I'm falling in love with you, though. I love you. She'll love you eventually. Like, if if you've got trauma from your past relationships, you'll totally click. We're here for you, okay? <laughs> it's gonna be fine. <laughs> right. Love, light, and good night. I hope you get some sleep tonight. Good luck. <laughs> Jesus. Crazy woman. Tell him you love him for God's sake. Give him something to go off. Of. I love you. Love, oh, light, good night. Good night.